Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning. Here we are on Memorial Day weekend. And welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Gentlemen, good morning. Casey, Paul, Jacob, how are we looking? Tom, we are looking fantastic on this Memorial Day weekend. How are you looking? You know, uh, I remember uh, something someone said to me about two or three years ago, and I heard someone say this on the radio yesterday. I don't know who it was. It was just some regular uh, host of a show or whatever it might be. And, and they said, have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Well, I said that to somebody I remember a couple of years ago, and it was a, it was a veteran. Okay. Guy I've known for years and years and years. Grandfather of a kid who our son had played sports with and I coached his grandson in baseball and basketball for years and years and years and I knew that the grandfather was a veteran um, in the Korean War and he said to me he says now listen he says you and I know each well each other well enough where I can say this to you and I'm not gonna uh, I don't want you to take it the wrong way he says you can't say have a happy Memorial Day weekend he said because Memorial Day is to remember, right, and pay homage to those who died in service to this country. So it's not supposed to be a happy sort of a, a thing, right? Like happy Easter or happy whatever, fill in the blank, sure. right? So, you know, that, that has stayed with me. And I don't know if uh, anyone else out there, and we have, uh, they're, they're here by the thousands in the chat. I don't know if anybody else has ever had that uh, said to them have you guys ever had that well, heard that i guess not directly but what i would do growing up my family we would go on memorial day weekend it was always a, a huge weekend in dc and what we would do i don't know if you know rolling thunder you ever yes. heard of rolling thunder yes, it's where all the, the yep. motorcycles would start yep. at the pentagon and then yep. they would go so we would always go to rolling thunder and we would park uh down by iwo jima the memorial so we would walk through arlington cemetery and then walk over to memorial bridge and watch the motorcycles for a while and did that every year growing up for a while because my parents always thought it was important to, you know, go through Arlington Cemetery sure. on Memorial Day and kind of have some of those values instilled in you. So I guess not directly. I haven't been told that, but in a in a way like that. Yeah, I I understand the sentiment. For That's sure. big league. Your parents had you do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, when you're out there in D.C. and you live there, you hear about all the field trips that go out to D.C. and experience it for a week and then go back. But sometimes when you live there, you hear about people that. Well, I've lived here for 20 years, but I've never been to the Smithsonian. And there's so much history. There's so much opportunity out there to go and experience the country. So, especially Arlington Cemetery. You go up there and, and you see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and all that. And you go once a year and, and you just remind yourself why you're here and why you're living in this country. Amen. I mean, it's a lot like a lot of students here in uh, greater Cincinnati. A lot of them have not been down to the... Um, the um, why am I drawing a blank? It's it's the Underground Railroad Museum. I don't know what it's officially called downtown. Is downtown, that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that every kid, I don't care if you're black, white, green, it doesn't matter. Every kid should go down there and experience that museum. I mean, that's not on the level of Smithsonian, but it is a very important part of this nation's history. And every kid, and adult for that matter, should go down to something uh, like that here in town uh, and experience what it's all about. KCR today, a little quiet. You, you a little worked up after the Willie Anderson stuff yesterday. What? What's your Memorial Day like, Casey? My Memorial Day? Yeah. Um, 
That's a good question. Um, it's a really good question. I know what it'll be like this year. A lot, a whole lot of wedding planning. Yeah. A whole lot of wedding last minute stuff, won't it? Yeah, it's it's probably gonna just be that last minute sort of getting the rest of the uh, wedding put together and making sure all of our ducks in a row. We just finished up the the, the table arrangements, like how we're gonna um, have assigned seating and whatnot. So um, now it's just doing the last minute decorating and whatnot. So, wow. Yeah, wow. It's really coming together. Here we go. Here we go. Nut cutting time. No so turning you back. You have no idea. That is where that phrase came from. You can book that. Because basically, well, I'm going to stay away from that. I mean, what I want to say and what I'm thinking about saying are two very different things as opposed to what I will say. Because if there's anything that's true, it is definitely that. D-U-N done. May take a while, but D-U-N done. You guys are nodding your head. You have no idea. Trust me. All right, we come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to 12 P. Yep, you can follow us on YouTube. Our Chatterbox Sports page, if you'd like to join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Look, it is rare to see the kind of game we saw yesterday at GABP. I mean, after all, it's one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks in all of baseball, right? But that doesn't mean good pitching can't stop good hitting. Cardinals came in rolling. Reds the night before scored 10, regardless of venue. The Cardinals beat the Reds 2-1 yesterday. In fact, it was a scoreless game through the first seven innings. Luke Weaver, I got to tell you, the guy has been pretty good. And he was really good yesterday. Six and a third innings, allowed three hits, no runs. Miles Michaelis delivered seven innings, a five-hit shutout baseball for the Redbirds. St. Louis broke through against reliever Lucas Sims, who with two outs and nobody on in the eighth, all of a sudden couldn't find a strike zone. Reds got a run in the ninth, but left the tying run in scoring position. They bounced into a couple of big double plays yesterday, thus a split in the four-game series. So now it's on to Wrigley Field to take on the Cubbies this afternoon. Hunter Green against Justin Steele in that one. Green coming off a good outing, but is still searching for his first win of this season. And here we are in the month of June. Marty Brenneman, the Hall of Famer, will join us momentarily to talk about Reds baseball. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, Marty's a big fan of his, set a vote on the Oakland A's perspective move to Las Vegas. <laughs> Will take place more than likely when team owners meet <laughs> in New York next month. I can see Marty off the air, and uh, uh, you don't want to know about it. Uh, in the NBA, do we have a series now in the Eastern Conference Finals? Miami was out to that 3-0 lead. Right now, all of a sudden, the number two seed Boston Celtics have won back-to-back games by a combined 30 points to make it 3-2. Heat star Jimmy Butler scored only 14 last night in that 110-97 game. But he says he's not worried. This is why Jimmy Butler is on the first team of Nutcutter Nation. Because he came out and said, hey, don't worry about it. That's not who we are. We will bring home the goods. Denver awaits the winner in the NBA Finals. Game six is in Miami 
tomorrow night. And the best team in the NLS, your FC Cincinnati, plays one of the worst teams in the league tomorrow night. That's Colorado. The two teams will meet in Denver at 9.30 Eastern time. And again, that's the MLS season, not the Lamar Cup Open, which is also being played at the same time. All right. Uh, we bring in the Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. You know, I have not had a chance. Good morning. I have morning. not had a chance to ask you uh, what you think. There's an article today written by Ken Rosenthal where he goes into this whole thing, and I, I really like Ken Rosenthal. I know you do too. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Uh, he's a good guy. He's an excellent writer. But in The Athletic today, you know, he starts painting this picture, which a lot of people fall into this trap about, you know, uh, why would uh, the A's be going to Vegas? Well, you know, Dad, you and I have been going to Oakland for a long, 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 long time. I mean, I use the term tired a lot. You use the term tired a lot. That stadium is, you know, in the dictionary, right? Tired. They haven't done anything about it. They've been talking about it forever. The team is 10 and 40. They've been bad uh, this year. They've had some good years, but, you know, they don't have six, 7,000 people that come to games. Why is it a big deal if the Oakland A's leave Oakland, California to go to Las Vegas? I don't see, I don't see where there's any big deal about it. I mean, when they were really good, uh, they didn't draw all that many people, given, given the level of success that in past years they have played at. Uh, and I think the ownership of that club has gone the extra mile in trying to do whatever they could do in order to stay in the Bay Area. Now, granted, they wanted to at one time move to where it was, Sacramento, and the San Francisco Giants stepped in and said, nope. You're, you're, bored. you're crossing the line as far as territorial rights are concerned, and they vetoed that move. Okay, fine. Um, what little I've read would indicate that the Oakland A's uh, came up with a plot of land that they would have agreed to build a stadium on. It was not where the ownership of the club wanted to put the stadium, which I think the ownership of the club has a perfect right to say and tried to negotiate something that would give them a, a, a piece of land. I think they wanted to be somewhere in the same general area is where the stadium is now. And, and then obviously tear that dump down. That's a worse ballpark, by the way, in the 46 years that I broadcast big league baseball here in Cincinnati. That's a worse single ballpark of all of them. That's worse than Shea Stadium. That's worse than uh, Tampa Bay. That's worse than all of them by a country mile. And so I don't, I'm really shocked that Ken Rosenthal takes a position he's taken because I think the A's, have, uh, the ownership in that club has done their due diligence and, and working like hell to keep that team in the Bay Area. Obviously, it's not going to happen. And I thank God for uh, being able to move to Las Vegas and get a state-of-the-art ballpark. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, uh, and you say the speed of it has been quickly. It, it, it is not has been. It, it's not been a quick process, as you just alluded no. to. I mean, this has been going on and on and on and on. California legislature, uh, through yep. two or three different mayors of Oakland, California. The current mayor says she's done negotiating. Rob Manford was asked about that yesterday. He said, "Hey, look, she's the one that said no more negotiating. So you know, you got to ask her." 
uh, if this is a quote-unquote done deal. Um, what do you think, though? And I know you don't go to Vegas a lot. Um, you know, the NFL is the NFL. We acknowledge that all the time. It, it seems like no matter what they do, uh, you know, they, they hit the lottery. But, but what do you think about Major League Baseball in Vegas? 32,000 retractable roof stadium they're talking about. Uh, the, the population has grown. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's a big city now. It's not just some strip, and that's all there is to it. There's beautiful suburbs, all these kinds of things. But what do you think about baseball in Vegas? Well, I mean, in what respect? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you're talking about the elephant in the room, which would be gambling, I think baseball has settled that deal for once and for all when you consider the millions and millions of dollars that they're reaping from the gambling industry uh, by way of advertising and such as that. So I don't, I don't see where moving to Las Vegas is a problem. The one thing that they're not short on is money. They've got plenty of that. And, and so when they talk about building a 32,000 uh, seat retractable roof stadium, that's exactly what they're going to do. And I think 32,000 is a very uh, workable number. I don't, I don't think that's a bad figure at all. People say, well, it's too low. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's too low. I think it probably, you, you might bump it four or five more thousand, 36, right. 37,000. But, but if you can't get that, that's certainly not a deal breaker. Um, so I give, I think the the nature of the game being what it is today, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with moving a team to Las Vegas. Uh, and you sure can't uh, compare, but, um, you know, the NHL team has been overwhelmingly successful there. Uh, the NHL, NFL team, uh, the verdict is still out. It's a, it's a, you know, short sample, but I think they, they're going to be very, very successful in attracting people. So I don't have a, I don't have a thing wrong with moving a team to Las Vegas. Um, okay, let's shift gears real quick now to – well, no, I want to ask you one more question on that because there's been a lot of talk about uh, Major League Baseball wanting to expand. This would not be an expansion. You would just be relocating. Right. There's been a lot of talk about cities like, um, you know, Charlotte, Montreal again, uh, Portland. There are others. What do you think about baseball expanding I think two more teams is fine. I think that's fine. Uh, the thing that I'm shocked by, unless I mid misread this thing, and, and Amanda and I were talking about it the other day, is that is that the amount of money it's going to take a group to get a yes from Major League Baseball in terms of one of the two existing expansion uh, teams when it comes to that is $2.1 billion. That's staggering to me. Yep. Um, I, I'm sure that they – I would love to hear, hear that guy you've got coming on after me to explain why the money is, is that much. Um, but I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I, as long as there are cities that want big league baseball uh, and they're willing to go the extra mile in every respect in order to, uh, to get it, you, you mentioned some of them. Nashville is also in there with Charlotte and Montreal and, and probably, uh, I don't know, Vancouver was always a team, city that was mentioned in the past. Um, I don't have a problem at all with it. Uh, does it dilute the talent on the big league level? Well, we're, we're used to that. Uh, once baseball decided to really get after it and start expanding 
the number of cities that would have big league baseball, we've seen a, a reduction in overall talent. Now, maybe it's started to come back some now, but I think you're going to see them take a step back again when they when they expand two more teams. Uh, the one I, I'm, I'm really curious about is the one down in the Tampa Bay area because the latest there is that those people are uh, – Tampa has shown no interest at all in, in being a publicly funded stadium on that side of, uh, of the Bay. So all the news is coming out of St. Pete. And I really go back to what was said years ago. If you don't build a ballpark on the Tampa side, that way you start to attract crowds from Orlando. Those same people are not willing to go across the Howard Franklin Bridge and go into St. Pete to see that team play. But they will come to Tampa. I don't, you know, if Tampa's got a problem with publicly funded stadiums, then I don't blame them because I feel the same damn way about that. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't know how a team is ever going to be successful if you build a ballpark in St. Pete and that's where they play. Yet that's what they apparently are headed toward. Uh, that club, that, that whole situation is a mess too. And that's something I think the commissioner would, would readily admit that they're going to have to come to a meeting of the minds and get that situation settled once and for all. If you assume that the Oakland situation is settled before they can really talk seriously about expanding. See, the thing that concerns me, and I don't care if they put the thing in Tampa or St. Pete. I mean, to me, I say to myself, okay, now I don't live down there. I don't know the traffic situation, whatever the case may be. There, there are a laundry right. list of reasons you can give. I also remember, though, um, in Miami, where they weren't drawing anybody. They won two World Series down there, right, after they were an expansion club in 93, they win the whole right. thing, you know, uh, they win it twice in, in 97 and 03, and nobody comes to the ballpark. And everybody's selling Major League Baseball a bill of goods saying, well, you know, there's rain all the time. Nobody can come to BP. You've got this and that. If we just put a retractable dome stadium right in downtown Miami, man, they will file in here by the tens of thousands. Well, that's what they did. Yeah, and they're not, in fact, they're drawing worse at this new ballpark, and it's it's a nice ballpark, great place to come watch a game. Um, they're drawing worse there than they were up at Joe Robbie Stadium. It's terrible. I don't, I, I don't know how either city in Florida has a major league baseball team besides just looking at Miami as a top 10 market, Tampa as a top 15 market. Outside of that, I don't see a single reason why either one of those cities has a franchise. I agree. I think Major League Baseball in Florida is a dead-end street. Um, uh, and actually, they're not going to pick up stakes and leave. I, you you got to believe Miami's got a uh, – the Marlins have an incredibly long lease. Uh, once they built that ballpark with a roof on it, uh, they got them to sign a long lease, figuring this is going to be – uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow as far as attendance is concerned, and it dramatically has not been. Um, but I, you're right. Uh, the, the situation in Tampa Bay is bad. The situation in Miami, in a lot of respects, is worse because they gave them what they wanted. They wanted to get out of Joe Robbie Stadium, which is out in the sticks, and go downtown. They built them a ballpark down there, and they can't draw flies down there. So I, for my money, uh, Miami, uh, or rather Major League Baseball in the state of Florida, is a failed project. 
and they ought to figure out a way to get both of those franchises out of the state and in some areas of the country that are going to be much more lucrative in terms of fan interest. You know, Dad, though, this is where you get back to that chicken or the egg thing, though, right, as it pertains to um, to Miami, not so much Tampa, although I think that you would view theirs uh, maybe in a slightly different lens. But, you, you know, you, you ask yourself the question in Miami, people – on one side would say, well, look, give me something to watch. I mean, they have the lowest team payroll, basically, them and the A's, every single year along with Tampa Bay and Major League Baseball. So, you know, the old adage about, well, you build a new stadium, uh, are the fans going to come support a team that, that doesn't spend any money or win any games? In Tampa, they play in a terrible ballpark. They do have a team that wins a lot of games, but nobody comes. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I don't know the answer. Well, I think the answer, I don't know that there's a, a, a tried and true answer. I think you consider the market sizes and, and parts of the country. I think all that have to weigh in. And, and uh, you're right. Uh, there's one side that's equally uh, as assertive and their reasons why the, it's been failed. Uh, they've been fail, failing franchises, and there's another side with another argument that said, no, it's not that, it's this. Uh, I agree with you, uh, but I still maintain that you never hear mention about the Miami franchise. They All they talk about is Oakland and Tampa Bay. That's all they talk about, and you're right. When you bring up Miami, that's as big a mess uh, for its own reasons than any of the other two because they've got the big stadium, uh, you know, they – Granted, they don't win, and I still maintain the best promotion is a winning franchise. I don't give a damn what you do. Give away millions of bobbleheads. Uh, you can give tickets away, but you're not going to consistently sell tickets until you have a product on the field that people want to come see play. All um, right, Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I'm done. Uh, earlier in the week, uh, and, and I'm going to wait until the end of May to get into this, and we've talked a little bit about this uh, before, uh, but, but, but I've already started to go back and starting to do some research on the last two teams that we can remember in baseball where they were promoting the quote-unquote big three in their starting rotation, okay, which the Reds franchise is doing right now with Hunter Green, an injured Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft. So, you know, look, just as an early tease here, I, I did my best to compare apples to apples, and I took Greg Maddox out of the mix because he right. won a Cy Young and came as a free agent to Atlanta. But that trio of Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, okay? Right. Um, you know, college guys, high school guys. The big three out in Oakland many years ago. Mulder, Zito, Hudson. Okay, again, some college guys, some high school guys. All right, same with the Reds thing. Green, a high school guy, Lodolo, TCU, on and on and on. Getting long-winded here. But I'm doing my best to compare apples to apples as to their age, their experience in the big leagues. Okay, the numbers are staggering. And we're going to present these once we reach June. They are staggering what all those other guys did their second year in the big leagues at 23, 24 years old compared to what we're watching now with Green, Lodolo Hurt, and Ashcraft. 
Green is starting today, has not won a single game this year on a team that's not been a rotten team. It's been a competitive team. They've at least gone out there and competed this year, unlike last year. Um, what if this big three isn't a big three? And I'm not suggesting they're going to be Glavin and Small, Hall of Famers, Mulder, Zito, Hudson. Hudson is going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that. But but what if? Well, I mean, you know, it's a topic to discuss, certainly. But but in terms of the club, you know, hanging their caps on the big three uh, and promoting those three kids, who in the hell else did they have to promote? Right. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, an injured Joey Votto, uh, Spencer Steer, uh, 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 Fraley, uh, T.J. Friedel, all those kids – who else are they going to promote? They're going to promote those three guys for a number of reasons. One, Hunter Green is Hunter Green. We know what he did. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a high school kid. Uh, he throws a million miles an hour, which I don't think means a damn thing anymore. Uh, Lodolo was a celebrated pitcher at TCU, uh, was a high draft pick. Graham Ashcraft came out of nowhere. But they showed enough last year, individually and collectively, because we don't have, I'm quoting now, anybody else to really promote, let's promote those three kids. And I don't disagree with you. Now they're in their second year, not their second full year uh, in the cases of uh, any of them. But the fact of the matter is that they are now in a second year and we're seeing, uh, you know, I don't want to put Lodolo into the mix because he's hurt. But um, certainly uh, whatever is happening with, with Ashcraft is, is shocking to me. Because I thought weeks ago that of the three, well, he was. He was the most productive of the three early in the season, the first month, six weeks, whatever the case might be. Uh, if these three don't pan out to be what they think and what they hope they will be, this club is going to be in a long, long period of futility. Um. Luke Weaver is a guy that I find pretty interesting here. I mean, we've talked no about question. the big three. We, you know, we've talked about uh, Abbott coming up one day. We've seen Williamson now brought up because of injuries or ineffectiveness, whatever it might be. Weaver's a guy who was a very highly touted guy, much like these other guys. And, and you know, he was involved in a couple of big trades. He's been hurt. Uh, we saw him in spring training, gets hurt again. Uh, but I got to tell you, to me, and, and maybe this is just experience, Dad, I don't know, because he's had some experience and a lot more yeah. than those other three guys have. He at least looks to me, I mean, you look first pitch of the ball game yesterday, right? Now the Cardinals up there, the hitters up there ready to swing the bat. But I mean, one pitch, one out, bam, as soon as the game starts. I mean, this guy's out there throwing strikes, he's competing, and, 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 and I like what I see out of Weaver. No, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think experience certainly has a lot to do with it. But I think even as much as that is concerned, uh, the fact that he's now healthy and he's out there to take his turn every fifth day, um, he's a young man who has, has seen the ups and downs of this game as it pertains to players, and specifically in, in our case, pitchers, and, and I think has benefited from it. I watched him yesterday, and he was very, very impressive. Um, I like what I saw. I like his 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 maturity and his calmness on the mound. But again, I think it all goes back to uh, experience and having dealt with the pluses and the minuses 
of trying to gain a, uh, a foothold uh, with a big league ball club and have some measure of success at this level. Uh, the Brandon Williamson kid, you know, he, he came up ha- and when he made his first start out in the worst ballpark in the big leagues to, to make a major league debut, and that was Mile High Stadium in Denver, and he went out and pitched brilliantly and didn't pitch badly the other time out. Uh, but this kid came with a, 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 a lot of pub because he was a focal point in that trade from Seattle that sent Winker and Suarez out there a couple of years ago. Um, it, 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 so they are two young men, along with the Abbott kid, who we've yet to see pitch in the big leagues, and you got to believe he's going to be up sooner or later. Uh, they are kids that could come out of nowhere uh, and, and maybe pick up the slack that, uh, if, in fact, God forbid, one or two or all three of these so-called big three in the rotation don't pan out in the long term. Um, it's certainly something to to be optimistic about, uh, not having these three guys getting it done for whatever the reason and uh, nobody else showing up on the radar. There are young men showing up on the radar, as you mentioned, with, with Williamson and Abbott to come and, and a little bit older and wiser Luke Weaver. So, uh, you know, you got to hope that those three kids that we talked about earlier, Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft, can get their act together and pan out. Uh, but it's certainly something, I think, to be concerned about. You'd like to see Hunter Green go out and beat Justin Steele and the Cubs in the afternoon game at Chicago today. Uh, Brian in the chat, all he writes is, Marty, yeah. do you miss hearing ring, 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 banana phone, banana phone? <laughs> Do you have, do you have nightmares hearing that song and recalling the days of rain delay and the banana phone? Ring, 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 banana phone. Do you miss those days? Is that the best question you got? <laughs> well, it's a question I thought it was important today. The, the answer to that question is no. <laughs> I do not miss that. Um, I was the one who led the charge to eliminate that. After we got that Why? famous question, because of the some of the stupid questions that we got from guys that would call up half drunk and or else want to hear themselves on the radio, so they'd have the radio turned up, which would cause feedback, which would piss me off. Um, so, uh, no, no, I do not mention miss the banana phone. Oh, I'm not. What else on. you got? No, no. Some of the people that would call up there, you would no, enjoy. No, no. The old coach down there somewhere in North Carolina, he'd call all the time. And some of those guys, I admit, that I, and I remember, I mean, come on. No, I, those people, I definitely, I, I miss those people. That's what I miss about my job. There are a lot of people I miss about my job. Do I miss broadcasting baseball? Absolutely not. Um, 46 years, I did enough baseball. That was a chapter in my life, and I turned the page on it. And I've turned it very successfully, I might add. Um but yes, I miss I miss the old coach. He and I used to have some great conversations. I mean, I still stay in touch with him uh, through text messaging and, and whatnot. And uh, he's doing well. He misses not being a radio star anymore. Which you know, if you live in a small town in Carolina, you you lust for that every now and then, which he does. But uh, at the same time, uh, having that thing ring and that song, uh, no, I do not miss that one single bit. All right, your good friend Everett wants to know, and this is Ask yeah. Marty questions here today. Marty Mustard? I'll, I'll, wait a minute. I'll determine, I'll determine whether Everett's my good friend, but go ahead. All right. He wants to know, Marty, mustard, ketchup, neither on hot dogs or hamburgers? 
Uh, mustard and ketchup on hot dogs with onions. Uh, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, and onions on hamburgers. How about that? Casey, Paul, anything, uh, ham and eggers, anything for uh, Marty here today? Marty, I, I should say Casey's getting married in a little over a week. This whole countdown, everything we've been talking about for the last eight months, we're right on the doorstep, Marty. Yeah, and Dad, you know, your good friend Tracy Jones has, uh, has been really walking for a number of months. He's been walking Casey down uh, a laundry list of, you know, do's and don'ts and things to think about, whether it was to uh, – you know, uh, pay P- ask people for parking money to help fund the wedding uh, at the wedding itself, charging for parking, et cetera. He's talked about signing a prenup uh, with Casey. He's, he's quite honestly, he's just told Casey, go ahead and get married because you know this first one will end sooner or later and that your second one will be better than your first one. Do you have any thoughts on any of those topics? Well, to begin with, in a general sort of way, Casey, I would say to you that listening to anything that Tracy Jones tells you about marriage will take you down the marital path to absolute, utter destruction and financially destroyed. Now, I'm better equipped to talk about that than he is. As I've often said, The road to matrimonial bliss has been a very, very expensive one for me. Uh, Fortunately, the third time was a charm for me. And I, I, God bless Amanda every day that I wake up in the morning. Uh, But do not, do not listen to him. uh, Because he gives some of that crap he runs at you is just that. Um, You are a better man for going your own way and doing the gut feeling that you have about things relating to this young lady that you are about to marry and who you dearly love. And you've noticed that there has never been the question put to me, what do you recommend for Casey? Aside from what Tracy says, I'm not equipped to recommend because my track record's not good, nor is his. Do not, do not, for God's sake, listen to him. Casey, any reaction to any of that? You want to ask him anything that's on your mind as you're now getting into, as you brought up earlier, you know, the decorations and the final touches and et cetera, et cetera? Um, other than that, uh, I appreciate you having faith in, in my good judgment. Um, I do. Uh, you know, I my one question, Marty, is, is when – when you knew, when you knew the third time, what, yes. what, what, what was it that, that was like the, 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 how did you know, ball? Marty? How'd you know? Just ask the question, how Casey. You, know? you don't have to tiptoe around him. Just ask him the question. How did you know? I think, I, I, well, I think it's like we talk about Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver's had his ups and downs as a pitcher in the big leagues. He's a much more mature guy. He understands the way the game is played. It took two of them for me to learn. And, 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 and I think I was better prepared. And, and the other part of that is, you know, this may sound stupid, but I enjoy being married. I truly enjoy being married. And, and so um, I, I don't think there's a, there's a set answer to that question. That's a good question. But I don't think there's a set answer. The only thing that bothers me about you, Casey, is a little bit 
is that what you went off on that bachelor party, you got drunk out of your mind and acted like a damn fool. Well, I don't, that, that, that bothers me a little bit. Well, look, he's not the first guy that's done that. I mean, come on. I don't it's care. It's his bachelor party. But, I, but, but, you know, the thing that bothered Tracy uh, about that whole thing, and I don't know how much you heard about it. I heard but, enough. Okay, well, the bottom line was is that, you know, Casey had to call his wife-to-be. I know. And ask her if he could just get $100 because he couldn't remember his bank account card number for the ATM. He couldn't remember the code. So he had to ask her for 100 bucks. after just a couple of months prior. She had seen him blow anywhere from 250 to $300 on four hands uh, at the craps table. So Tracy had concerns there. Uh, you know what? I'm in bed with Tracy over this. <laughs> Absolutely right. How in the world, how in the world can you call your wife to be for a $100 because you don't remember your bank account number? Are you kidding me? Oh, I, I was tanked up, Marty. Well, first off, hang on, hang on. I want to actually push back on this a little bit because it was these guys that took me to the casino. They said, oh, he's fine. He can take care of himself when quite clearly I could not take care of myself. My friends let me down. They pushed me to the casino. That's true. That is, that is, well, that a, is a true statement, Marty. That is true. That did happen. In fact, I was the one that drove the car to the casino. I was his... I was his vehicle, but you didn't play that night. So <laughs> I, I, we yeah. made sure you got out of there without spending a dollar. Casey? Yeah. With friends like Paul, you don't need any enemies. That's right. <laughs> if, That's they're, exactly if they're going to take advantage of you when you're less than your normal self, and I think you're a fine, upstanding young man, and you got a friend like Paul and the rest of those outlaws that you hang with, and they're going to say, well, let's take him down there and really get him juiced up. That's a problem. I got a problem with that. Yeah. Hey, Marty, Marty, I'm in the booth for the last uh, baseball game of the season tonight. You got anything I should uh, shoehorn in? Any Anything? Under well, wait a minute now. I mean, you got, you got to tell him what the game – this is for the Big East Conference Tournament Championship. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're doing a play-by-play tonight. Big it. league game. Xavier yeah. and who? Consolation game tonight, so it's UConn and Georgetown to play Xavier tomorrow. Okay, all right. So side. you're leading up. This is yeah. like the, the the semifinal game for lack yeah, of a better yeah, yeah, term. basically. Okay, yeah. Okay. Then I'll be in the dugout tomorrow for the title game. So, yeah. So in other words, Xavier's already in the championship game. Yeah, they played their way into the title game last night, and then tonight it's the basically yeah it's the loser it's the winner of the losers bracket game tonight plays Xavier tomorrow. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I don't have any advice. I think it's wonderful. Xavier's baseball program has a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. I think that's great. Uh, just don't screw it up. I mean, you know, let's be honest about this now. You could. <laughs> I'm very liable to. Yeah, no. <laughs> make no bones about it, Marty. <laughs> I'm kidding with you, Paul. I think it's great. Now I'll be rooting for Xavier tonight to win to tomorrow to win that game and then go on to the NCAA tournament. I think that's great. Love it, indeed. All, All right. right, Dad. Thanks for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. Uh, your grandson's high school graduation uh, is Sunday. Big big weekend for you and the entire clan. And then the big game on Wednesday night at Dayton. That's exactly right. That's right. All right, pal. All right. Have a good day.
We'll see. All right, guys. All right. See ya. So, guys, here you have it. I mean, you know, we were able to cover a lot of topics. We stayed with some baseball, right? Even a little college baseball sprinkled in there at the end. But also, Casey, for a guy who's done it three times, not just twice like Tracy Jones, but three times, handing off some advice. He's a big fan of yours and this decision you're making. Yes, he is. If you had to say who's really more real about cutting right to the chase. Now, neither one of you have been married. Right. I know who I would vote for. But who do you think is really laying all the cards out on the table? Advice you're getting from Tracy or advice you're getting from the Hall of Famer? Laying their cards out on the table? I mean, Um, they are... They are putting it all out there. Uh, I would have to say it's Marty, right? Mar- Marty is Marty. The- Paul, who do you think is laying it all out there? Do I not want to admit that it's Tracy Jones? <laughs> are you in denial, Casey? My slightly in denial. I think all you the things are. That he's like feeding me, or like I just think you're in denial. Truth. I think you're finally seeing the light. I think after eight months, you're finally seeing the light here at the end of the tunnel. I'll be honest. I'm going to be a little sad when this is over. I'm happy for you, but I'm going to be a little sad because this content stream that we've built up is just coming well, to a crashing listen, Let me tell you, they're, they're, uh, uh, you bring up a good point, but we know that it won't be too far down the trail, right? By God's grace. Where all of a sudden, we're talking about the possibility of little Casey's. Mm-hmm. Or a little Alexandria is running around. Now, I can assure you, when it comes to that kind of thing, <laughs> this is a far more entertaining host of topics, which you will be <laughs> met with then. Because that's a whole different world, man. Whole different world. Right? Yeah. It's the greatest thing of all time. Don't get me wrong. I mean the greatest thing there could ever be is being a mom or a dad. And it's not to say that those that aren't, that you know, that, but for those that are, and many of you that are in the chat, some even grandparents now, it's the greatest thing of all time. But with Alexandria, she gets up in the morning, she's off and running, man. I mean, she's got her job, she's got things she's got to get done, things you know are going to get done, Right? Check, 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 check on her game, right? Yep. All of a sudden, there is this being in the world that can't do anything. Can't talk, right? No responsibilities, not checking any boxes. They can go to the bathroom and they got to eat. And they can't, they can only do one of those two things by themselves. And you're the one responsible for cleaning up when they go to the bathroom. Can I, I'm just trying to sit here and imagine this man that sits next to me every day, Casey McAllister, changing a little Casey <laughs> diaper. Uh, that, that's probably far, far into the future, if I had mm. to guess. Mm. Got to tell you, um, the player formerly known as Mouse Cop has vaulted to the top of the uh, rankings. Whoa, whoa. 
Some some really what's he knows that? who the Marymount Warriors are playing in the state semifinals in lacrosse on Wednesday night. Columbus DeSales. <clears throat> and he just chimed in on that. Says they stink. I wish that part was true because they don't stink. They're really good. They're the defending state champs. But how about that? Formerly known as Mouse Cop, who normally is doing nothing more on a regular basis than promoting the firing of one Reed Mouse. Mouse Cop he's up to his game, though. He was in the urgent care yesterday. Hopefully he's doing all right. He was chatting in on the show live from the Norwood Urgent Care. Don't really know why. <laughs> I asked him if he was going to the Xavier game last night. He goes, I'm not feeling great. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'm, waiting to, uh, I'm waiting to hear his reply. I hope he's doing all right. Boy, now you got guys that are really trying to beg their way in. I mean, Everett, I love you, Everett, but come on. Let's go, Warriors. Has he said that all year long? Uh, is there a box lunch today? I believe so. Reed can chat in here in a minute. I think he. I think. I think we are. I think we're doing it. Okay. Um. So here we are getting into the whole uh, David Bell and lineup thing already again today. Um. Oh my God, AJ, come on! I mean, now you're really begging. Luke Brenneman, elite goalkeeper, leader of men. I mean, that is reaching. I give it up, but that's reaching. All right. All right, Everett has said that he has been behind Marymont during this entire run. Um, today, Justin Steele is on the mound. And here you have, uh, again, fans are not happy. They're not happy right out of the gate after uh, the fact that you have no Friedel, who just came back, been one of one of your better offensive players. No Jake Fraley. Both left-handed batters, right? And this whole thing, this whole thing about the computer got him. Now, listen, I'm not a fan of the computer. I understand the computer. I understand uh, data that is out there. I get it. And Look, historically speaking, over the 100-plus, the 150-plus years of Major League Baseball, most, not all, left-handed batters are not good hitters against left-handed pitchers. More times than not, that has been based upon getting very few at-bats for left-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers. Most of the time, like we're seeing here today, even before the analytics generation and world came along, a lot of lefties would sit down. I mean, Lou Pinello would sit down Paul O'Neill against certain left-handed pitchers. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, I've heard it debated where in Oakland for a long, long time, there was no doubt that Billy Bean uh, and others in the uh, baseball operations department, they were basically telling whoever the manager was, they were basically telling him who was going to be in the lineup. And then the guy would just write it like a robot. Okay? Didn't happen every day. Didn't happen every time. It happened a lot. A lot of people have wondered if that's happening with this Reds team. I don't believe for a fraction of a second that Nick Crawl or anybody else in uh, the Reds baseball hierarchy uh, is saying to David Bell, 
here's who should play today. I think they both have access to the same information. I think Fraley, last time I looked, Fraley has a total of 18 at-bats this season against left-handed pitching. Now, you'll go back over his, you know, lifetime numbers, all that kind of thing, right? And you'll say, okay, well, he's hit this against lefties, so that automatically means that he can't hit lefties. But isn't there something to be said for Friedel and Fraley, Friedel's been out, but he's back. They've been swinging the bat pretty well here over an extended period of time. They are two of the better hitters you have in your lineup, right? Or on your team, okay? I don't understand why, if they're swinging the bat well right now, and those are two of the better players on your team, Lefty and lefty be damned for me. I'm running them out there and taking my chances. Now, it's easy for me to say. Because if you run them out there and each of them goes 0 for 3 against a left-handed starter uh, and punches out of the uh, six ABs four times and comes up with a runner at third and one out, and can't make contact to get the guy in from third. They got a whole laundry list of guys that can't get somebody in from third. They proved that yesterday. Which, by the way, that, the play yesterday. David Bell said it after the game. They have him on the corners. India's a runner at first. Okay. David Bell says they have been taught in spring training over and over and over and over again. And this is good managing and good coaching, but it's baseball 101. I mean, this is the stuff that a good high school coach would tell you. Okay. If you're the runner at first base, you cannot get tagged out on a ground ball to second base. That cannot happen. What happened? You're supposed to get in a rundown, okay, to allow, even if they complete a double play. Okay, now, you know, if it's a ground ball, they go short to first, double play, inning over, okay. But they weren't going to be able to make that play that way. And, and to get tagged out as a runner at first going to second rather than getting into a rundown, which would enable the run to score, okay, for those, all of you in the chat, you know the rule in baseball and how that works. You know, basically, if it's a ground ball hit to the second baseman, guy gets in a rundown, okay, and let's say you've got him hung up, you throw to first, you get the out there, the run from third is going to score, tap the plate, okay? You can still get that guy in the rundown, tag him out, but the run counts before because it, it, it happened before the third out was made. Well, that's not what happened. Tag out, first base, double play, inning over, you get beat two to one. That didn't happen at the end of the game, but that, 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 that just can't happen. That can't happen. Um, okay, we were talking earlier about, um, oh, here we go. Steve Ross says, uh, let's see. 
As uh, I'll go as far as to say that Fraley is the only power bat in the lineup. He's true. That's right. Um, Steve says, I would say the Reds are playing Kevin Newman in hopes that he gets hot and they can make a minor trade involving him to open a roster spot. He says India definitely should have stopped and gotten involved in a rundown. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, okay. Uh, any thoughts on the Reds before we get uh, to a little bit of NBA and FC Cincinnati talk? Well, my my uh, my concern with the Reds is just I felt like I really needed to see them win this series to 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 have that chance to keep going forward. You know, we we talk about like after the All Star break, right? I mean, there's certain milestones you need to reach during that time before we can start moving the goalpost again. And the fact that this game was just so weird, right? Because it was two blowouts, one against the Reds, one against the Cardinals, and then the Cardinals just beat us. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We beat the Cardinals 6-5 to five and in the extra innings. It just – I went into this game thinking that there would be a lot of hitting. Wasn't. And it's, again, one of those games where it's just a giant slap in the face because we just – it's so frustrating that we talk about our, our starting pitching, again, not being it, – it, sorry. The starting pitching being great this game was what we've been asking for, and we just couldn't deliver. And it's just that part is frustrating to me, and it just makes me feel like this team is not – we we had a we had this we gave them this milestone right the all star break maybe that was a little too well here's what we did here here's what we did we asked if this team could at least keep the interest this season interesting by Memorial Day which is sad to say about a team like this but it is what it is we knew going into the season that this Reds year was going to be a year for development for guys that needed to make moves for 2024 and 2025. It is now Memorial Day weekend, and this team is six games back of first place in the NL Central. The NL Central is the probably the worst division in baseball. They don't have a chance to win it, but they're at least keeping it interesting. And maybe, I guess you could argue, they do have at least a shot to make it fun as the year goes on. I did not watch one pitch of yesterday's game because I was working. Yeah. But... I did check the box score periodically through the game and keep seeing zeros and zeros and zeros. And, you know, you split a series against St. Louis. Now you go up to Chicago. Divisional games are even more important this year than they have been in years past because you're playing fewer of them. But how much do these games matter when you're two terrible teams playing each other in the Cubs and the Reds? How much do these games matter outside of the fun of the rivalry of it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's not really an answer on the field that you're looking for. But, you know, these 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 teams in the NL Central, they're, they're making it tough to make it exciting. I guess outside of the Brewers a little bit. Well, 
By the way, I, I mean, I hear you. The, the, the division's bad. I still think Milwaukee's going to get it going. I still think St. Louis is going to get it going. I'm not buying the Pirates. I'm not buying the Cubs. and not buying the Reds. Milwaukee and St. Louis, on paper, they have the best teams. And that old adage about the old cliche, you know, Cream will rise to the top. We're starting to see that a little bit with St. Louis now. Even though they split four here, they've won what now? 13. They've won 13 of their last uh, 18 games. They're playing better after a 10-24 and 24 start. And listen, I want to get back to the Fraley thing here real quick. Okay, so again, I said, what do you got to lose? I can certainly understand David Bell looking at the numbers. In his career, Jake Fraley only has 132 at-bats against left-handed pitching. He is a 136 batter. So are you justified completely by not playing Jake Fraley against a left-handed starter? Absolutely. I want to check real quick just to see, because I'm sure it's going to be the same thing on T.J. Friedel with far less, um, with, with far less uh, number of major league experience, because he's not been around as long as um, Fraley has. Friedel, left-handed batter, right? In his career against left-handed pitching. Oh, now see, here you go. You tell me why he's not playing. He only has 44 at-bats, but he has 14 hits. That is a 318 batting average with an on-base percentage of 388. Friel's got speed. He can steal bases. He's doing it already this year. That's a big part of the Reds game this year because they don't hit home runs. So I asked the question, I can get it with Fraley. Do you get it with Friedel? I mean, are you kidding me? They don't have a guy hitting anywhere near 320 right-handed, left-handed, or somewhere in between on the year. No, not even close. And he's hitting 318 this year. In his very limited career. And he's getting on base almost to the tune of 39% of the time. So how in the world has, um, is Friedel not in the lineup? (laughs) He just came back. Now, again, I always like to say because um, I, I, you know, I'd be privy to certain information about, you know, with a manager. Or he'd say, man, you know, just pick this case. And I'm not saying it's what happened today. But just as an example, you know, Joe Blow came in uh, and and not feeling very good. Or Joe Blow came in and, and, uh, you know, felt a little tweak in his knee, his last at bat uh, in the game against St. Louis. Okay. Well, he's not in the lineup. But they don't want you for some reason. The managers will be like, but, but don't use that on the air because, you know. Okay. Um, but I'm having a hard, I'm having a really hard time understanding how in the world uh, Friedel is not in the lineup. 
He's one of your better players. I'm with you, Tom. Okay, so with a chat, we've got a little bit of I get it and a little bit of not. Um, okay, uh, we're going to be a little bit shorter today. I still want to cover a couple of FC, right? Yep. Want to yep. cover a little bit of that. Want to cover a little bit of the NBA playoffs. Cover a little bit of that. Because all of a sudden, do we have a series? Oh, between we have the Celtics series. and the Heat. Yeah, we do. All right, Ham and Eggers, take it away, Mr. President. Please address the nation. Lord knows we need help. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. And we talked about Tracy Jones with Marty Brenneman. And Tracy Jones, whenever he comes on the show, his segment is always brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There's a new premium alkaline water, Pony. It's fantastic. I wasn't looking for a fill in there. I was just giving it dramatic effect. It's great. It's made in Hamilton right across the street, and it uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is the best tasting water in the world. You can visit their website at pawneywater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting Excuse me, water. Brian B. wants to know, does David Bell make the lineup or the front office analytical department or a combination? It's definitely a combination. I don't know who leans more. And I would love to know the answer to that. I sat there last night till about 1 a.m. watching Moneyball. And it's not an apples to apples comparison, but it is interesting thinking back to, uh, you know, my time in the minors a couple of years ago and seeing how they went through things. And really the manager on the field that year, it just, was you got to slot in, you get a lineup, and you do what you got to do because of the numbers that you're given. I don't know how the Reds operate per se, but I know that the value of the manager has declined in the last 15 years because you have a number, you have a spreadsheet, and that spreadsheet really tells you how to manage a game. You make it a six-inning game, you get it to the bullpen, and then from there you let the bullpen take it the rest away, or however your front office decides your team should be built and operated. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it on my end, Casey. So drink Pony water, get your coffee from UDF, bet with Bedfred, and get your technology solutions from Encore.tech, which, by the way, not too picky's gambling graphic yesterday went three for three. We all won. The Clean Orioles, sweep. Orioles money line. Second time back. Or, yeah, second day, and we already hit a parlay. A three-way parlay. I don't know what that would have paid. Probably not anything crazy. Something like probably plus 500 or something like that. But still, not bad. Celtics. Minus eight. I mean, that, that, that was not a sweat. Um, you know what was the easiest bet of all time? And I hate that I'm saying this because I was rooting so hard for him. But the absolute. I, and I, I don't know if I've ever used this term on the show because I hate using it. Free money. But you know what was the absolute freest bet of all time? What? Michael Block having a terrible first round at the Charles Schwab Open. I mean, you could see that coming from a mile away. 
my guy used all of his emotional energy at the first major, or at, at, at the first major, at the major last weekend, and then the first round yesterday. He's in last place by four shots. And I, I, could, I tried to find somewhere that I could bet what I wanted to bet on him. And then I felt like, no, I don't want to do that because that feels mean-spirited. And I was rooting so hard for him that I didn't want to put any money against him. But, man, that was – you could see that one coming from a mile away. He's like 11 over. Next best is 7 over. Poor guy. Let's get it back together today, Michael. Come on, Michael. Let's get it back together today. Speaking of golf, our buddy Steve Flesh. Right? Yeah. Champions Tour. Yeah. Even after the first round. Um, and he is in uh, 23rd place. Purse 3.5 million. Fields Ranch East. Senior PGA Championship. We're rooting for him. He's got to have a big round. I think the majors are the only ones the seniors go four rounds. Is that right? Yeah, they must because they played Thursday, yesterday. Normally they go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we'll be rooting for him. He's teeing him up today at 125. But you're right on block. You knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel really bad saying that because... Why do you feel bad saying it? Well, because I just, I wanted him to, to succeed. Yeah, it's a good story. I was rooting for him. So it, it pains me well, to say... I know say. that you separated that, that you thought that would be, if you're a gambler, you got to take the emotion oh, out yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and all these all these sports books all week were pushing the Michael Block to make the cut. Michael Block and so-and-so to finish in the top 30. Michael Block and so-and-so to finish top 20. Brother, he used all that emotion last week, and he's going to play in the PGA Championship again next year. My guy is set. He's good. He was on the cover, not the cover, he was the on the facade of the tailor-made golf facility this week. He put his face all over it. My guy is good. Did you see the seven iron that he made that hole-in-one with? Yes. Looked like it was out of the greatest game ever played. All these people always want to talk about buying $2,000 sets of clubs and going and getting fitted for new clubs every year and got to have the latest and greatest. How about you spend that two grand on a few lessons? I saw one time at one of my favorite places. In fact, uh, I'm going there uh, later today with family in town. But like the guy who's like my second mom and dad, a guy named Pat and Eddie Shepard. They own a bunch of property up Mount Adams, but he's on the, the, the Blind Lemon, right? Most legendary bar in this town. For 55 years, they have. And they own the Mount Adams Bar and Grill, which is a great lunch spot, dinner spot, right next door. Um, and so inside of the Bar and Grill, it's beautifully decorated. And, and they have, he has hanging on the wall uh, a, a golf bag with like four or five old wooden clubs in there. So I'm in there one day years ago. Guy I used to hang out with all the time. He, he's one the Cincinnati Met Seven or eight times. A guy named Jim Volpenheim. A lot of people know that name. Okay, Led Next to Flesh, probably the best golfer that's come, ever come out of this town. Uh, he was on the PGA Tour for a while and just, you know, it, it didn't work out. But anyway, he's a phenomenal player, even to this day in his, his early 60s. So him and Eddie were going back and forth. And, and Eddie's a pretty good player now. I mean, he's like a, you know, 5'6 handicap, right? And him and Volpenheim are getting into it and they're buddies. And Volpenheim says, I could take two bag, two clubs out of that bag and whip your ass out on a golf course. And everybody's sitting there going, are you kidding me? He said, two of them. 
Just give me two of them, and I will take you to the cleaners. You pick the place where you want to go play. He pulls a three iron and a seven iron out of there. And he proceeds to whip this guy's ass <laughs> using wooden sticks from like the 1940s. So you are spot on. All of the technology, but the great ones, right? Or if you want to be great, probably better spent instead of that $700 driver, right? Find a good solid driver and learn how to hit it by taking lessons. I retired my driver for the summer already. Yeah. And it's taken me years and years and years to realize I need to do this. But I'm tired of, like, I don't need the extra 20 yards if it's going to be 20 yards right of the fairway. I'll take the three wood 30 yards shorter and just punch it into the fairway. It's fine with me. Well, that's the number two reason I quit golf. I mean, one was because we started having kids. The other was because I got the yips with the driver. Stuck it in the bag, quit, never played anymore. It's just so tempting when you're on that 500-yard par five. And you see Big Bertha sitting there in the bag with the club. <laughs> yeah, you always going to pull it out. And you're like, God, do I really want to hit the three wood here? Do I really want to make the smart play? No, nah, I'll just get the driver out. Smoke it into the woods. Uh, okay, real quick. FC Cincinnati, you got to like their chances, right? Case, Colorado. Colorado stinks. I think I saw their three, six, and six. And that yeah, was FC Cincinnati. Moving on. Put it whatever, <laughs> put it whatever order you're in. Yeah, Colorado, not good. Okay. So they're going to roll, right? Yeah, they should roll. In fact, they should probably score a lot of points on them. So it should be it should be a I'm a predict if I if I was a betting man, they're going to at least get over two and a half. That's what I would say. Over two and a half. They're on a they're on a bit of a, a hot streak here. So okay, so we got that going on. So that's tomorrow night. Then we have the NBA. Are you buying the Celtics to shock Miami tomorrow night and bring it back home to Boston for game seven? Yay or nay? Um, I think the Heat win this series, but I think that the I, – I, I, I'm not surprised that we're in the position that we're in. I mean, they were eight-and-a-half-point favorites last night, eight, eight-and-a-half, depending on when you got the game. The Celtics are the better team here, but the Heat have just, with Eric Spolstra and, and Jimmy Butler, they're just tough. They are just a tough, we've talked so much about them over the last month and a half, two months. This is a team that barely got out of the playing game. Probably shouldn't even have been in this situation. Probably shouldn't have even really made the playoff field. And now they're one win away from playing in the NBA Finals against the Denver Nuggets. I do trust Jimmy Butler here when he says they're going to get it done, but I, I think Tom, I'm to answer your question. I think Miami's got to win this game in Miami. Oh, I'm with you there. Going back to Boston, yeah. where Boston will probably be close to a double-digit favorite in Game Seven if Boston was to win this game. Because, yep. so, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. The Heat got to get it done down in Miami. Some of the uh, – I'm just going to read off some of the lines for that NBA game tomorrow. Yeah. It's two-and-a-half favorite, two-and-a-half point favorite for Boston. Okay. Uh, the over on total points is 211, 211. And uh, I, if I were a betting man, which I am, I'm 100% taking the two-and-a-half – 
for Miami, so plus two and a half, and then I'm parlaying that with the uh, the over. Okay. I mean, if it's gonna, this game is gonna come down to a lot of grit and a lot of passion here, so I think it's gonna be high scoring. What do you think, Paul? Give me the Heat plus two and a half, and give me the under. You're going under. You yeah. think it's gonna be more defensive? I do. Why not? Why not? Okay, we'll go with that officially. What's the spread again? Two and a two half. and a half. I'm taking Miami. Our guy Jimmy Butler is going to get it done. He's got to. We have staked too much of our NBA reputation on Jimmy Butler to have him back down from us now. Well, hey, look, guys can move in and out of NCN, right? Hmm. This is not. This is not some you know California participation trophy sort of deal here. Okay, this isn't patting little little Johnny or little Jimmy on the back. Oh, good try. Okay, this is you got to deliver the goods. The stars have to be the stars when it matters the most, right? Jokic, Butler, he's in there right now, still in, comfortably in. Now he lays an egg a little bit last night. 14 points, only shot at 10 times, 5 of 10 shooting, I think it was. But second game in a row, his team gets hammered. They spit the bit tomorrow night. And if he spits the bit. Now, if he goes out and pumps in 55 and they get beat, I'm not taking him off that team. But in a clinch game at home, he only shoots it 10 times. And they get beat by 15. We're starting to now get a little closer to that line. The plank in old Pirates terms. Tom, I have a really interesting question for you. Um, And maybe a lot of the chat also thinks this as well. Do you have, do you think you have enough nut cutters in the NBA to fill out a team? Do you think you could fill out a, a, a team of, we'll say a team of six? You think you could name? Oh, I'm six? sure you could find. Yeah, I'm sure you could find six. I don't. I, I don't follow it closely enough to say that you know for sure. But I mean, I gotta believe. Yeah, you could find six for sure. I mean, you know, Jokic is for sure. Look, yeah. for me, LeBron is still for sure. Every year he's getting his team. I mean, they had no business getting where they got this year. I know they made the deals and they got better and they got healthy and all that. I mean, look. LeBron's still in there, okay? And we know Butler's in there, so there's three. Yeah. Right off the – I mean, without even thinking about it. But I I don't know if I would be qualified enough. Paul, you follow it closely. Anybody else you would say definitely in there? I'm trying to think somebody that would fit your criteria. Two other guys that would fit your criteria that would be in there. No, Steph Curry. Steph Curry wouldn't. Oh, he's definitely in. Are you kidding me? Oh, Without really? a doubt. How did I forget him? No doubt about it. Oh, I figured you'd be Steph some... Curry for sure. Oh, I was going to leave. And I tell you who else is borderline on that team is Draymond Green. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I'd go Draymond quicker than I'd go Steph for you. Dude, I love Curry. How do you not love Curry? Well, I didn't know if you were going to go on the three-point shot is ruining the game take. 
No, I've never said that. No, never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, Draymond's right there. How many titles would Golden State win without Draymond Green? N-U-N, none. Oh, none. None. No chance Golden State wins all these titles they've won without Draymond Green. I think i got to push back on that one a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. Well, we're never going to be able to settle that argument because he was on the teams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was. Well, Clay Thompson be in and out all the time, hurt. You know, I guess two Right, year- they brought in Durant. Well, okay, they brought in Durant. It's a big-time acquisition. But who wants to do the dirty work? Durant ain't doing the dirty work. I guess, to your point, Tom, the year that Cleveland came back down 3-1 was because Draymond got suspended. Well, that's an issue for Draymond. No, I'm saying he wasn't yeah, playing, and right. they lost the series. And he dropped Jordan Poole. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when that news broke, you were like, who is this clown? Who, who's Draymond Green? No, 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 no. I knew Draymond Green. I, I've known, because I, 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 Draymond, I like Draymond. A lot of people don't like him. I like him. Devin Booker, I am definitely not putting in NCN category yet. Not even close. No chance. All right, now we get to the most important thing. You ready to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, The the last thing I was going to mention, Tom, is one of these days we're going to have you do a nut cutter team for, obviously, basketball. We'll finally flesh all that out. We'll do it for baseball. We'll do it for football. Because I'm sure the audience wants to know. They want to know who the nut cutters are. Well, I can tell you right now, in baseball, I always lean towards the pitchers because they're the guys that control the game. That's right. Right? Yep. So I can just tell you right now without even thinking about it. Verlander and Scherzer are both members of that team in baseball. For sure. All right. But we have the most important award winners from this week because it is time now for our chat weekly award winners correct that's right that's right okay uh by the way um i have to all of a sudden and i've got to find this now real real quick because we got off topic here for what i wanted and i gotta hope i can find this very quickly because i gotta tell you did you see aj's comment about his last girlfriend was named Big Bertha. What? I totally missed that. Well, pretty clever. Pretty clever. Now, we only check in from time to time. This is very hard for me to try to do this, to be the guy who determines who's the winner and who the top five are. Because, look, I'm sitting here trying to talk most of the time, probably too much on this show so it's hard for me to um to you know really say for sure who's been the best all week but we're going to give it a go so we do have the honorable mention lists okay. do you want to go through those um, first and, and we y- you had mentioned maybe some shuffles between the number one and number two of this lineup which we can shuffle and we we can audible if you want us to at the very end but it seems like the five through three are, are pretty set. So, <laughs> without 
doubt we got the right guy number one. I can tell you that for sure. Perfect. Based on his most recent comment, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> All right. Do we have an honorable mention or are we just go in the top five? We have We've got plenty a- of honorable mentions All this right. week. All right. Go ahead. All right. It's a very long list of honorable mentions. I don't know how Sir Boy is on here. Uh, you guys did the honorable mentions. I did not. How was Sir Boy on here? Well, he, he was, hasn't even been here. He was here on like Monday or Tuesday. Well, I know, but I mean, you don't show up for three days. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't have a, 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 a perfectly, you know, understandable reason for not being here. He's working for a living, communication specialist. So, you know, he's not here. He's not here, though. I think he's here in spirit. I think he's listening. He definitely is listening. All right, Everett, he's already a little bit upset. Um, Jordan, you know, all you guys, right? The real spirit cap. Ronnie has come up with some great stuff. Tim, welcome aboard. Oh, there's Sir Boy Wonder. Sir Boy hopping in. He just hops in at the very end of the week. Five minutes left in the show, and there's Sir Boy Wonder. He says, really, Tom? I said, yes, really, Sir Boy. I mean, I love you, buddy. You know that. You and I hung. Casey's bachelor party. Love, sir, boy. But you got to, the facts are the facts. Um, Steve and Alex, excellent word. Excalibur, Seth, all the above. Good stuff. But now we go to the top five. And we begin with number five, correct? Yep. Okay. I I was talking this guy up yesterday because he brought it. Uh, although has not been nearly as active today, which may have cost him a spot um, in the rankings. And that would be, are we ready? Yep. Go ahead. PB's Ghost, number five. Number five. Solid work from PB's Ghost. Congratulations. Paul Brown. He has the best picture of anybody by far, week in and week out. Yes, he does. I like that picture a lot. I like the change. It was his cat or something like that. This makes much more sense. Yes. Okay, number four. Uh, excellent. Uh, until today, he slipped with his most recent comment. And that would be Brian B. Where he says, Devin Booker, leader of men. Oof. No, 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 no. That, that dropped him from top three to the number four hole. Why don't we like Devin Booker? It's not nothing against Devin Booker. He has not reached that category yet. And, and Brian knows it. Brian knows it. Sorry, Brian. You know, it's right here in black and white. Okay. Number three has had an excellent week of work. His most recent comment, Kevin Durant is a clown. And that would be CJ. CJ. Mm. Let's go, CJ. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats, CJ. How about the real spirit cat? He was honorable mention. He says, look, I've been hit and miss all week long, but I'm working out in California, Napa. But we'll be back in the 513 later tonight. Travel safe, spirit cat. All right, spirit cat. Okay. Uh, I got to find, though, this last uh, comment that was made that, that, uh, to make sure I get this right. CJ, CJ uh, <laughs> had a tough week for height. He was rooting for the Reading Blue Devils. Didn't get it done against the Baden Rams. All right, number two has had a solid week. Solid week. That would be Fred M. Fred. There's something about that profile picture that's just. I love the profile picture. I thought we put Fred M one. I thought that's what. 
He was oh, until Tom made a late change. Late change. Until the comment was made just a short while ago, where the question was posed by our winner. Everyone, knowing that box lunch is coming up next, put your guesses in for Reed Mouse's short shirt size for today. You know who that is, don't you? I do. I'm well aware. <laughs> and then he wondered, would it be a kid's XL? <laughs> Go right? ahead. Who won? We know who that is. The player formerly known as Mouse Cop. Everett even said it. Mouse Cop the King. And all Mouse Cop does to respond like we all should. Just dumb. That's it. That's all dumb. Excellent week. Fire, fire Mouse Cop. <laughs> fire Mouse Cop. I don't, you know what? I, I'm happy he's okay. But at least his week was a little, little more miserable that he went to the urgent care yesterday. <laughs> he's okay. He's all right. We can say it in retrospect. How do you know he's all right? He's not he's okay. said he's all right. He's okay. He went to the, he went to the Xavier game. He's trying to get me fired. I still got to know. You know, it's like an issue our daughter had at the end of the school year with one of her roommates. And, I mean, I'm not getting the whole story. There's got to be something more to this story. For the player formerly known as Mouse Cop, regularly, which, by the way, that profile pic is, is big league pick. <laughs> um, there's got to be some kind of a backstory that we don't know as to why he is always calling for you to be fired. I want to know it too. I thought it started with, with the Adam Kunkel thing that we, we talked about. And then it's the, the whole me being a heel against the Reds thing. But, man, he's just taking a liking to, to questioning my job, putting my job in jeopardy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy, about. although I haven't seen him say that Man's this gotta week. Work. Man's got to work, Tom. I agree. But I haven't seen him write that this week. If he would have written that one time, and maybe he did and I missed it, if he'd have written that one time, I wouldn't have put him at number one. If I find – I need to find – need to do some sleuthing. Need to, need to get out my monocle. Need to get out my magnifying glass. Put, get to the nose of the grindstone on figuring out who Mouse Cop is, where he works, and I'm going to pick it outside, outside his work. Saying fire mouse cop, whatever his real name is, just just figure it out as he does for me every day. He works downtown somewhere in the business district. <laughs> okay, I don't so know where, but he comments in that he work that he's coming to us live from the business district all the time. So he's got he must work down there somewhere. Okay, so mm -hmm. I just got to take a get a poster board and go down to just downtown to Fountain Square. Fountain Square. Fountain Square. Hashtag fire mouse cop. Dressed in all all your uh, Cubs gear as well sure of course gotta wear the gotta wear the royal you'd be like the guy with the sign the, what's that guy the guy that is in new york with the cardboard sign the man with the sign you know that goes viral all the time yep over my head he just stands there in new york with a sign with over a his head sign yeah sign guy yeah i think i don't know I, I think that's his name man with a sign is his thing that's reed just downtown in the business district fire Fire mouse cop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the Reed just got done mowing the lawn again. These shoes are clean, guys. These shoes are clean. 
Put on new shoes today. Why is everyone commenting on my wardrobe all the time? I don't I, get it. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, what's a big deal? Uh, every jumps in is a, Yeah. Okay. Uh, and by the way, uh, he says he's going to be a taste of Cincinnati this weekend, if you want to find him. All right. Fire Mouse Cop. Just walking around Taste of Cincinnati. Fire Mouse Cop sign. See me post it up. Why oh, Everett says those are sick dad shoes. They are. <laughs> New balances. They are. They are dad shoes. That's why I got them. I'm getting old, Tom. You thought I was in my 30s, though. You did. You did one time. I thought you were right at 30, somewhere said, right there. You You're. I mean, come something. on. Just turned 27, and I'm just getting roasted. Yeah, I mean, there are guys in here that make a living um beating you down but but you know what you keep bouncing back i'm right here yeah you always show up i do that's right that's right that's right nut cutter no doubt no doubt gentlemen we got box lunch coming up casey have a great weekend you'll Thank be you, dialed Tom. into fc cincinnati absolutely uh, this is your second to last friday night as a single man yes it is well I mean, next week's the next week's the rehearsal dinner. This is really it, Casey. Yeah, this, this is, is this is your last hurrah. Yeah, we going to the Hard Rock tonight, Casey. Don't tempt me. Are you Don't going down there own. tonight? Don't twist my arm, Tom. Are you Don't going down there tonight? Because there are a lot of people in the chat that would love to see you if you are going down there. Tonight. Are you going down the casino tonight? I uh, probably will not go down the casino. No. Thanks. No, not tonight. Probably not. I don't. I have not planned anything tonight. Lovely, Casey. Did you go to the Brasco last night? No, I did not. Well, actually, oh, so you hate Paul? That's what I'm gonna do. You can come to... tomorrow. Oh, you probably you're busy tomorrow. Watch the title game. No, you coming tonight? No, I am going. That that is what I forgot. I what, what's the food of choice dinner. tonight? Tonight's Chick Fil A. Tomorrow is Mission Barbecue. Today is Friday. Yeah. Oh, so, my bad. I was thinking Friday was the day that they don't serve. It's Sunday. Oh my god! What's that got to do with it? <laughs> Mouse cop may be onto something. <laughs> but no, that that's that is my plan. Coming to Nebraska tonight? I am coming to Nebraska. All right. Okay. We'll see I there. told Alex that that's what we're going to do for dinner. Free Chick Fil A. Hey, and, by the way, do they? Because I mean, Prasco uh, is a is a very Christian oriented. Uh, uh, yes. Company. Do they serve beer in those games? No. Oh, I didn't gosh. think so. Okay. No. No right. alcohol on the no right. tobacco. That's no that's alcohol. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. Um, Paul, good luck on the broadcast tonight. Thanks. Yeah, it always feels weird when you get to the Big East tournament. It's the last one you, you remember back in August. You're doing high school football. We're doing everything else, and you get to the end of the end of the year, and it's the last one in the booth. So where, if, if someone wanted to listen to that game tonight to find out who the Musketeers are going to play tomorrow night, yes. how would they find that game? So it's subscription-based. I think you can sign up. I think it's $12.50. There's not even a free trial of it. It's through Flow Sports. F-L-O? F-L-O Sports. F-L-O Sports.com? Yeah. Yep. You okay. can just do a monthly subscription if okay. you want to watch. All right. Good. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Gentlemen, have a good weekend. Jacob, have a good weekend. It is time for Boxed Lunch. Here we go. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, Tom.